Welcome to the It Is Written podcast. As doubts about God's will arise, the world resorts to feelings and experts. We go to the law and to the testimony of God's word. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at the story of Esau in the book of Genesis, who was the firstborn of Isaac and the grandson of Abraham. In Genesis 24, much attention is given to finding a wife for Abraham's son Isaac. They find Rebekah, and Isaac and Rebekah marry, and for 20 years she's unable to have children. And then, Genesis 25, Isaac prays, and look at what happens, verses 22 and 23. But the children inside her struggled with each other, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will come from you and be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. So she's going to bear twins, and those twins actually find their first battlefield inside her womb. That continues to be true through their own lives and the lives of their descendants. But God says something very important here. He says, the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. That's not really the norm. Normally, the older has priority in their culture. But in this case and several others, God gives the priority to the younger. He says the older will serve the younger. That's God's promise about this. And we can see how that works out in practice. So would you read verses 24 to 26? Yeah. When her time came to give birth, there were indeed twins in her womb. And the first one came out red looking, covered with hair like a fur coat. And they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out grasping Esau's heel with his hand, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. So these two twins come out, and they're very different. Esau comes out all hairy, and uh, he's uh, kind of the man's man. We'll see that more in a moment. Jacob is actually grabbing onto his heel Mm -hmm. as he comes out, so he becomes kind of the grabber, and that's what the name Jacob implies. More about that in a later podcast. But let's look at the boys as they grow up, verses 27 and 28. When the boys grew up, Esau became an expert hunter, an outdoorsman. But Jacob was a quiet man who stayed at home. Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for wild game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. These two twins have very different natures. Yes. And they're favored, each one, by a different parent. Uh So Esau is the hunter, the outdoorsman. He likes the field. He likes to go out. He's the man's man, and he's Isaac's favorite. Yes. But Jacob is a house, a homebody. He likes to cook. He likes to do things around the house. And he's Rebecca's favorite. And that favoritism by parents is such a detrimental thing. You see that throughout the Bible, and you see that in our own lives. Parents will favor the child that they are most inclined to, or the first one, or the last one, or the handicapped one, or the the demanding one, or whoever. And it creates a lot of stress and tension in the home. And this certainly does in this case, because each of the parents neglect one of the children and pamper the other one. Mm -hmm. And uh, so in this case, Jacob has cooked a stew when Esau comes in from hunting, and Esau's starving, and Jacob's got this ready-made meal. Let's see what happens. Verses 29 to 34. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field exhausted, and he said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff, because I'm exhausted. And that is why he was also named Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, said Esau, I'm about to die, so what good is a birthright to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore to Jacob and sold his birthright to him. 
Then Jacob gave bread and lentil stew to Esau. He ate, drank, got up, and went away. So Esau despised his birthright. So Esau is just starved to death. Yes. He's got to have this food. He's demanding and insisting. And Jacob is cool and calculating. Yes. He's opportunistic. He's ruthless. He says, okay, I'll give you the stew. You give me your birthright. Yes. That's kind of a, you know, ornery way to deal with this. His uh-huh. brother's hungry. And he doesn't even do it on a handshake. He demands he swear to him. Right. And so he's trying to make the prophecy come true on his own. God had already said the older will serve the younger. Well, Jacob's going to try to swindle what God was going to give him. Yes. And Esau, well, he's so hungry. What good is it going to do for him to have the birthright if he's dead or died, died of hunger? Right, right. So he feels like, well, you know, I'll, I'll do it. It's so foolish. Yes. You know, he's living for the moment. He's sacrificing the future on the altar of the immediate, which is something easy to do. He's hungry. He wants that stew. Whatever is going to happen in the future, he doesn't care. And when you stop and think about it, this was a really unwise transaction. Yeah. The birthright was the double portion of the inheritance that went to the older one. Yeah. And Isaac was a wealthy man. Yes. So a double portion of his inheritance, two-thirds of the inheritance, that would have been a lot of money. Yes. That's the most expensive uh, bowl of stew there's ever been. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and I've never been clear as to whether or not he was selling just his extra third or whether he was selling all of it. But either way, we're talking about a lot of resources yes. that he sells just to be able to eat right then. He yields to his appetite. He does what he wants, what he feels. We're like that a lot of times. We can be impulsive. We can be reckless. In many different areas, we can sacrifice the future on the altar of the immediate. Mm-hmm. You see people doing that with their money making very unwise decisions because they want something right now. Yeah. You see people doing that with work. They, they don't want to have to work, and then they have to work even harder. Uh, Proverbs twelve twenty four talks about that. And, and you see a reference made to this back in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. As the Hebrew writer is picking up on this story, he says in Hebrews twelve sixteen that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal, For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. Mm -hmm. You see that he's warning about having an Esau-like attitude of thinking about the here and now, thinking about what we want, what we feel, and not what's best in the long term. We also are firstborn. We're God's firstborn. In Hebrews 12, verse 23, he talks about the church of the firstborn ones who are enrolled in heaven. That's who we are. We're going to inherit the things God has for us, which are priceless. No one can put a price on those things. And then how many times do people sacrifice the future with the Lord for something they feel, something they want, something that's going to make them happy, they think, right now? Yeah, that's a really good point. I kind of want to connect this some with some of the previous episodes we've been looking at as well. We've been talking a lot about truth and how to view God's word and to take it seriously. Do we see people do that with God's truth sometimes, just selling out the truth for the sake of something right here and now? We're too concerned about how we feel, how popular we are, how easy things are. We want what's going to make us feel good, we think, at least right now. And we're willing to sacrifice what God says. We're willing to sacrifice principle and character and a whole lot of things just to feel good in the moment. Yes. And I think about even Eve in the garden, Genesis 3. She took of that fruit because she saw that it was good, right? 
but that was not what was good for her and it was her, to her downfall. Yeah, we, we sacrifice a lot for our appetite, for mm-hmm. our own desires at the moment. Yes. And that's really the lesson for us. When we think about eternity, when we think about being with the Lord forever, what should we be willing to give up for that? We should be willing to sacrifice anything in order to gain the eternal life. And what happens to us in the here and now is so, so fleeting, so short. We need to just dedicate our lives and give ourselves to the Lord. That's the lesson Esau needed. He needed to value that birthright instead of that bowl of soup. And how many times in Jesus' ministry does he make it clear that that's what it takes to follow him, to pick up your cross daily and come after me? You have to leave it all on the line if you want to follow Jesus. It's a commitment. What what would it be worth if we gain the whole world and lose our soul? That's what Jesus says several times. Thank you for listening to the It Is Written podcast. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, feel free to send Gary an email at garyfisher1063 at gmail.com. We hope you have a blessed day.